1: Welcome into the latest episode of the Five Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here as always with Chris Whittingham. Now that you've found us, make sure that you hit the follow or subscribe button on your favorite podcast provider. That now includes Spotify and TuneIn, in addition to all of the other providers that we are on, Podbean, CastBox, PocketCast, Google Play, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and all of the other ones. Also, check out the other 14 podcasts in our network, in particular because we're doing a Dolphins episode, make sure that you check out the Fish Tank. They've had the Marks Brothers the last two weeks. They have Tony Nathan this upcoming week with the, uh, the Great Hook and Ladder or was it called? The Hook and Lateral. I never, never knew which it was. But that prior to the Miami Miracle or Shock of the Rock was one of the most famous plays in Miami Dolphins history. They've got Tony Nathan this week. And also listen to Three arts Per Carry so you can hear Simon Clancy subtweet me the entire episode. Um, and, we, and, we, and we are going to address some of that today. I come to you after we had another watch party today. Uh, we had this one at Gecko Parks. Uh, some kids were playing. We were watching and we dropped to 0-7 now in watch parties. The Dolphins losing today 41-17 to 17 to Minnesota, uh, getting absolutely hammered in the second half. And, look, I don't think we're to blame for this because I think the Dolphins are perfectly <laughs> capable of losing road games under Adam Gase and Ryan Tannehill without us. I'm sure it probably didn't help uh, that we had a watch party for this, but everybody had fun uh, with the pizza and the beer and the games and all that good stuff, uh, except for the actual game that we were watching and Chris um, I think we're just going to focus a lot today on on the road and, and what's happened here um, because look I've been arguing with Simon all day and you can follow him at SI Clancy and you know Simon and I've been going back and forth because he thinks I'm too anti-gase and he's citing the 75 injuries that they have right now and that they're 7-7 and in spite of that and I understand if you're going to look at it from that perspective and say they've got a ton of injuries, which they do, they, they have a lot of them. I think some of them are a little overstated. I think there are some that matter, like Albert Wilson and Josh Sitton and William Hayes. There are others that like, are Daniel Kilgore that people are just throwing in because the Dolphins are incapable of finding, finding a decent backup center. I don't think it was because their starting center was that great but look the Dolphins had to start the game their starting quarterback their top three receivers from when they entered the season or the three guys we thought would be their top three they had their top three draft picks playing they had their top two backs playing until until Frank Gore uh, got hurt early in the game and the guy who replaced him Kalen Balaj, ripped off a 75 yard run Um, and defensively they they had three of their top four defensive backs I understand Xavier Howard was not there they had their top four defensive ends from the start of the season they had their top three linebackers from the start of the season. So, you know, they had their kicker, they had their punter, you know, do they have a lot of injuries? Yes. Do they have a lot of functional players still playing? Yes. Are they absolutely horrible in two areas? One offense, (laughs) they're 29th in the league. They are in danger of dropping to 31st in the league, Chris. Um, They are less than 10 yards per game ahead of the jets and the bills. So they could drop to 31st before the end of the season very easily particularly cuz they still play the bills they got to go up to buffalo to do it and, um, and, and eagle
2: today noted on the broadcast that the dolphins are on average outgained by 90 yards per game
1: yeah it's just i mean they they've outgained uh i believe they've outgained only one team this season in regulation um the second took overtime that was the bears game i think they've mm-hmm. only outgained one team in regulation and the second place that they're just horrible is the road in general and yep. and this is this is an Adam Gase thing. Um, this is a Ryan Tannehill thing because it does predate Gase. I mean, you know, everybody remembers when they needed to win a game in Buffalo five years ago at the end of the season. And, and with Ryan Tannehill, they put up 103 total yards. Um, so it, it, this does predate uh, Gase. But I mean, here's here's what they are so far this season on the road. They're one in six, um, you know, uh, this team. They've been bad all three seasons. They've been outscored 218 to 120 this year. And I polled this, Chris. I said, who's most at fault for this? And as we speak, 43% the coaches, 21% the executives, 20% the defense, and 16% the quarterbacks. So people aren't even really putting this on Tannehill. They're just a horrible, horrible road team. And now you look at all of their numbers for the course of the season. And yes, they're 7-7. and They're also a plus 9 in turnover ratio. Teams that are a plus nine, that's usually worth about two to three wins over the course of the season, which is why and, they're seven and seven, right? And that, and Cause, that's because other, otherwise they'd be five and eight, four and nine, right? And, and right, that's what, yeah, exactly. Or there five, are four five five and, and nine, four and ten, yeah, right. Yeah, I got it wrong in my tweet, and 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 Simon <laughs> came after me on that because he's like, no, they're seven and seven. You play four quarters, and I understand if we're talking about. Uh, you know, if we're talking about cause and you're going to talk about injuries, I get that. Uh, if you're going to say, okay, overall, you've overachieved based on that, you can say, okay. But uh, again, turnovers to me are in large part luck. When you look at the 2008 season that the Dolphins had, they were a plus 17 in turnover ratio, they went 11 and 5. Some of that was Chad Pennington protected the ball. Some of that was just good fortune. Okay. Mm-hmm. The next season, Pennington only started three games, but he wasn't good. He hurt his shoulder again. He wasn't good. Henny started most of the season. They were a minus nine. They slipped from eleven and five with virtually the same team, with the exception of that position. They slipped from eleven that's, and that, five. That's a big deal, though. Going from Chad Pennington to Chad Henney is a massive difference. And, and that
2: in that particular area, I'm not saying on general performance, but Chad Pennington was very careful with the football.
1: He was, and but they slipped from eleven and five to seven and nine. Mm-hmm. They their, their turnover ratio flipped from plus seventeen to minus nine. They lost four games in the standings, mm-hmm. and and all I'm saying is that this team, the only reason that they've been afloat the way they have is because of turnovers, which I have always felt is about 60% luck and 40% skill. A lot of it is just being in the right place at the right time. Some of it is forcing a, a you know a quarterback into an interception, maybe a sack strip and a fumble. So some of it is cause, but a lot of it is the ball bounces your way, okay? Or you just get lucky. Like, for instance, as we talked about in the last pod, Darnold throws the ball to two Dolphins players, including one who runs to the end zone for the Dolphins' only touchdown in the game, okay? Like, to me – that Baker interception, largely luck, okay? He's in the right place, but it was thrown right to him. So I guess the totality of this, as we try to put a cap around the Dolphins' season to a degree, there still is a way they can make the playoffs, is that they are, no matter who is playing, no matter who is quarterbacking, they are a horrible road team. They're just yeah. a horrible road team. And and today was the same. And we can talk about them getting back in the game with the Belage run. This is now, Chris, the fourth time this season, that they did not gain 200 yards. Do you want to guess how many times that happened during Joe Philbin's three and a half years? Uh, You said it happened how many times this year? Four times they've been under 200 yards. Oh, God
2: uh in joe philman's entire tenure which was uh, three and a half seasons three and a half seasons yeah who, who was the interim for joe Philbin? i don't remember a joe uh todd intern. todd bowles it oh, was, was actually he? a little it was actually a little longer than three wow, and a half i do not remember like the todd bowles era whatsoever um i'm gonna say in three and a half seasons uh let's call it six times
1: three times total wow oh my god same quarterback yeah <laughs> same same quarter with a lot Younger. less
2: experience well i mean now again i guess i guess with this season how, how many were the how many of the less than 200 uh, were osweiler games
1: uh i think it was one let me check okay i'm yeah. gonna check all right so basically this sure. season yeah um it was let's take a look it, it the been the pats times, game The well it was the three division games until this one so it was the pats game he played in the pats game that was mm-hmm. up there yep the Jets game here, that I believe was Osweiler, correct? And then the Bills game here, which Tannehill played. So three of the four Tannehill has played. Okay, yeah. And they've been under 200 yards in all of those games. And today they had a
2: 75-yard rushing touchdown. Almost <laughs> half of their yardage.
1: Nearly half. Is it almost or nearly? I never know. Uh, I, I, that that I should, Simon's much better with language than me. I should ask him. Almost or nearly, un, you know, Half of their yardage today yeah. was one run by their third string back.
2: Now, I will say, Which I, was I great believe it's th- a great run. But our still. our sacks, sacks are included in the total yards total, right? Yeah, so nine, yes. so nine sacks for 71 yards. So, in theory, they gained like 260 yards, but then lost back 71 of them on sacks. But, yeah, like 75 yards of their 193 total coming on one rushing play is pretty ridiculous.
1: Yeah and 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 to me, the symbol of this team and the problem with Ryan Tannehill, yeah and why you're over it and I'm over it even though I was trying to pump it up with a Ryan Tannehill never dies column for Dolphin Maven before yeah. today's game just to try to get people's hopes up again. Well
2: well be, well because <laughs> cuz in the next game he's going to throw for 350 yards and three touchdowns and the Dolphins are going to go into week 17 just needing some time breakers to go their way to get into the playoffs.
1: In the hunt, in yes, the hunt.
2: Perpetually in the hunt. Always in the hunt.
1: And and then they and then they lose to Buffalo. They get shut out in Buffalo. Right. But yeah, look, which which again has happened before. But the point I was making on Tannehill was this, um, you know, there was this big thing about him being sixth in the league and passer rating. Right. And so, you know, pro football focus dug into those numbers a little bit and they called it totally fraudulent. And they, as we've talked about, they go through every play. And one of the things that they cited was the interceptions um, that should have been that he had something like, I think it was six balls that should have been picked, which was tied for the most with Roethlisberger. And when Rothelsberger's thrown, like basically, you know, more than twice as many passes yeah. as
2: him. And he, and he, by the way like if you're kind of looking at today uh today could have been another one because he threw the 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 hopeful ball to Parker that was swatted away like you could you could make an argument that's an interceptable oh, throw that,
1: that is the mo- that is the best that Devonte Parker has ever competed for a ball
2: <laughs> yeah no doubt it no is doubt, I mean, as, he, as, as a means of defending almost he was he became a defender more than someone who's trying to catch the ball
1: He's never. I feel like he's never open. Uh, he's just. Yep. It's 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 always. He's always blanketed. And a lot of times I'm he doesn't fight. Watch bite some coaches for it.
2: film to see how often these receivers are open. Because it seemed the whole day as Ryan Tannehill kept turning into sacks. Like he looked like Brock Osweiler today. Let's be honest. Uh, that that it seemed like he was always, ne- like there was never any receivers open and that he had to take these sacks. Like I need to watch the coach's tape to see how often were there receivers open that he just like, it felt like he was giving up on plays as quickly as he could rather than trying to stick it out in the pocket or roll out to his right or whatever and trying to throw the ball downfield that like he was just willing. He was a willing acceptor of sacks today.
1: Here are his numbers. Uh, and I, I'm going to get back to the passer rating conversation here. I want to talk more about the sacks because uh, on, on who to blame. I'm
2: growing. I'm growing ever more annoyed by the quarterback rating stat because, like, I watch football. Ryan Tannehill is not a quarterback rating of a hundred quarterback. Like, no. even even with the interceptable throws, even with the concept of those two plays in the Raider game being, a, you know, accounting for a, a disproportionate amount of that quarterback rating, like. We can watch the games and see that Ryan Tannehill, every damn time they have to win one of these road games. Earlier this year, the Pats game was a similar game. Mm -hmm. Look, the defense let that game get away too. It's not only on Ryan Tannehill. The offense was appalling in that game. He was Mm -hmm. appalling in that game. You have a chance to take a three-game lead on the road against New England. At least hold up your end of the bargain dude, like I understood Minnesota today had 200 offensive yards in the first quarter. Okay. The defense didn't hold up their end. you didn't either. Like Ryan Tannehill again and again has been placed in these situations. We've, we talked about today on the DM string. What was it? 2013 or whenever mm-hmm. under, under Joe Philbin, the when, bills they had, game. when they had a chance to win two games in the final season, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we talk about the bills game the next week against the jets. If they win that game, they get into the postseason.
1: It loses to Geno Smith. Right? Like
2: the, how many times do we need to see Ryan Tannehill have this game before we stop talking about his freaking quarterback rating and start talking about what we're seeing? Like, and I, I don't like being that guy. I hate being I test guy because I've always been someone who likes looking at numbers, but for the love of God, can we stop looking at quarterback rating as a judge of this player? Like... Adam Gase is very good at engineering that number. When we talked about turnover margin earlier, that's what Adam Gase is good at. He doesn't want his quarterback to throw interceptions, and in most cases take sacks, unlike today they're trying to prevent negative plays rather than create positive ones. That is their number one goal with their offense, and yet Ryan Tannehill again and again has shown he does not make enough big plays, and that you can get a lot of quarterbacks in Adam Gase's system to not turn the ball over, even though as we're saying, he's probably come close a few times to to turn in the ball over so I am fed up with the quarterback rating conversation like why are we so wed to a lazy stat that's based off of an outdated formula of how we judge football like I I don't understand how in this advanced era of analyzing sports how we nitpick everything and there's a thousand guys on Twitter that review film while we're wed to quarterback rating of all things Today's edition of the 5 Reasons Podcast is brought to you by AutoNation. Thinking of selling your car, AutoNation's expert appraisers will give you a top dollar offer and a check the same day. The offer is guaranteed for 7 days or 500 miles at any of our locations. And they will buy your car even if you don't buy one from them. AutoNation is proud to support the efforts of local organizations and treatment facilities in the fight against breast cancer. Since starting the Drive Pink campaign, AutoNation has raised and donated over $15 million to fund life-saving campaigns. Cancer research. Show your support in the fight against breast cancer by using the hashtag DrivePink and showing off your pink automation license plate frame. Visit automation.com to find
1: the nearest location to you. There's a lot to dive into there uh the first Sorry. part of this no no i know i appreciate you doing that because i i feel the same way on this one and it, here's the thing about the quarterback rating first pff broke it down and basically said it was somewhat fraudulent the other part of it that was fraudulent is that the sample size for Tannehill was roughly half of the other quarterbacks on the list he, he threw for half as many passes as something like 30 of the other top 32 quarterbacks and quarterback rating, because basically he and Osweiler split the snaps this year. Not basically they have. And so it's just not enough of sample size. There was less than 200 passes that he's thrown. Whereas Drew Brees has thrown like 500 passes. So, it's it's not even even if you like the stat, which I don't, because it counts a couple things twice. I think what it really counted for him was this high touchdown percentage, which had gone up quite a bit, and his yards per attempt, which is a stat that I do look at. But the completion percentage to me is garbage. I mean, uh, completion anybody can can, can complete sixty-seven percent of the passes these days, especially when running. Well, except Josh Allen, but Josh Allen, is they're not running an offense where basically half of their passes are six-yard flats, okay? so And and one of the things I mentioned about Tannehill today as we're watching the game, there's never any intermediate stuff. It's it's all like he'll take a shot, and then it's short. And he'll take a shot, and then it's short. There was a back shoulder throw today that Kirk Cousins made that I never see Tannehill make. It's just that little 18-yard dig, the sideline, Like, that back shoulder throw, like, I just don't see that throw from him. And you talk about eye test. I talk about fear test, okay? That's how I judge quarterbacks. And I'm like you, someone who relies a lot on numbers, right? Like, that's part of what Simon's angry at me right now, because I'm looking at all the Dolphins numbers and every ranking they have in every category is high 20s, everything, like, across the board, except their kicking game it's all high 20s and and he's like well look at the fact that we have all these injuries and we're 7 and 7 okay but i do rely on stats quite a bit but with quarterbacks, you can't rely on that stat, okay? Here's how I judge quarterbacks. Or you, can't, you can't really rely on any one stat. You have to put it all
2: together. Like, I don't, I'm not totally wed to Pro Football Focus's grades. I'm not totally wed to quarterback rating. I'm not totally wed to ESPN's formula that they came up with a couple of years ago. Like, I'm not wed to any one of these things. Like, they, it all should be taken in totality because there are different ways of viewing the position. And I think taking all of them is, is far more productive than being wed to one
1: of them. I'm looking at fear test, like I said. I mm-hmm. test, fear test. I test, I can tell if a quarterback can sense pressure or not. He cannot. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes today, you know, he had no chance. Okay. Interior of the line fell apart on them. They have not addressed that properly. Okay, or, you... or
2: they, they they blitz more than they had in protection.
1: Right. Well, there were a couple times. There was yeah. one time Belage couldn't even turn his head. I mean, it yeah. was there was no there was no chance. There was to one today that out. Bob
2: Greasy shouted out in the broadcast, and and Bob Greasy I thought had his best uh, uh, broadcast game of the season. He had he had multiple observations. I was like, wow, that's really interesting. Uh, one that uh, Anthony Barr, the Vikings linebacker. Had Ryan Tannehill's cadence nailed down mm-hmm. and used that cadence to get to Tannehill before Belage could block him because he had it read so well, and that that is alarming. Like those, those are kind of the details of the game again. Football is a game of details, and I would say our three yards per carry guys are better than uh, almost anyone that I know analyzing the Dolphins at analyzing those details, and that for me was alarming, that, <laughs> that, that, a, that a Vikings linebacker, not even someone who plays the Dolphins twice a year like someone in the, on the Jets might, but someone who sees the Dolphins once every four years would have Tannehill's cadence nailed down. That was alarming to me.
1: Wasn't that an issue with Philbin, too? I, I Well, felt no, like- well
2: that, that, was, that was even more alarming, which was right. uh, we, he said, ready, go. Right. And right. that was a pass play, and go, go was a run play. And like, I still remember that because I still cannot freaking believe that an NFL team had a cadence that I understood on my couch An NFL team, how does that
1: happen? And that guy is now coaching the Green Bay Packers and and (laughs) did not have as many sub-200-yard games over the course of his entire (laughs) tenure as Adam Gase has had in the past 14 weeks. Not even 14 weeks. It's like eight weeks Okay, that we've had four of these games. Okay, Well, maybe 10 weeks, going back to the Patriot game. But I'm going to get back to fear tests. And part of this is what you're touching on with Tannehill. I never feel like he's dictating to the opponent. Mm -hmm. I always feel like he's a sitting duck for the opponent. And then we start to make excuses. They don't have an offensive line. The receivers are not getting open. They know his cadence. Why well, watch other quarterbacks? And this is again, I test, and I'm I'm watching even Patrick Mahomes, or I'm watching you know the Roethlisberger today. Okay, they didn't put up a ton of points. Okay, but even Brady at the end, who made one of the dumbest throws he's ever made over the course of his career, that throw in the fourth quarter today. But I feel like they're dictating, like they're in control, yeah. they're controlling pace of game, they're controlling uh, you know what the defense does and moving the defensive pieces around. I never feel that way with Tannehill. I feel like he's just sort of like we used to call Chad Hanney the robot. In fact, I believe it was Chris Joseph, the host of the balls cast, who actually penned that phrase on on the old Finn's Nation site, okay, as the robot. I'll have to ask ask Chris if he did. But like I always feel like he's being dictated to. And so to me, that's an eye test thing. But then I get to the fear test. And the fear test is this. When Tom Brady got the ball today at the end. Against Pittsburgh, yeah. he had played poorly. Right, he had played yeah, he played re- He played a really bad game, ten and points, bl-
2: and yet right. he has the ball fourth and fifteen. And I, I'm like, I'm watching the Steelers drop into their seven man zone at mm-hmm. the at the first down mark. I'm like, Brady's going to find a space in this. He's going to find right. a space in this, and they're going to score and they're going to tie the game, or, or they might even go for two and try and win the game in
1: regulation. Like you felt that absolutely, right. And so, do you ever feel that way with Ryan oh, No, do, no. Do, do, do do a potent ever feel that if you if you are part of the uh, Minnesota fan base today, okay, and the Dolphins cut that thing to 21 to 17. And here's the one point I want to make the one play that symbolized the whole Tannehill era to me. And it's just, it's why I'm, I'm out on it. Okay. And if they're going to bring him back for 18 five, they better get competition. Please God get competition, which they probably won't again. Okay. But it was that play at the end of the first half they're driving in. They've got a chance for a touchdown. I don't think it was 21, 17 yet. I think it was 21, 21,
2: seven at that point, 21,
1: seven, they were going the for the touchdown. The right. And, and he had Kenyon Drake. Okay. is, I mean, the hero of last week, which we've all forgotten. Anybody got any Miami miracles? Miracle Shock at the Rock mer- merchandise we can sell right now? Okay, can, can you, can you Drake, there is no one within eight yards of him. Okay, I know his coach doesn't like him very much. Okay, but he seems to be somebody who can do something with the ball when there's no one within eight yards of him. He's out there in the right flat, uh, totally uncovered. Tannehill appears and I'm going to have to watch it again. He appears to see him. He appears to see him because he kind of flashed to the right a little bit and then forced the ball into double coverage in the end zone, I don't even. I think it was the second down play. I don't even know who the intended receiver was. I can't remember. But Drake was, it was the
2: one that Amendola dropped in the end that they no, ruled a catch at the one, no, or was it the one no. before that?
1: It was. I well, no, it was the one. It was not the Amendola play. Okay, that wasn't Tannehill's fault. That was not the Amandola's play. I, I'll have to look at the uh, at the play by play. We'll get it before the end of this podcast. But he forces a ball to the center of the field in double coverage. He's got Drake wide open and it just looked like he did he wasn't comfortable enough and this was before you know the vikings had like an all-out assault on him okay so the happy oh, the, feet oh, the, oh this is the one where he threw it to nick o'leary and nearly had him decapitated. it decapitated exactly yeah. exactly okay in double coverage and he has a better receiver a more dynamic receiver out in the flat on the right and appears to see him but happy feet moves back to the center and throws into double coverage. And and I'm just looking at and and here's how that could have changed. If you get a touchdown there and Drake walks into the end zone, walks into the end zone. Okay. I mean he did something much more dynamic last week. Okay. This would have been easy. If you get that you're 21 14. Now I'm not I'm I'm not typically one of those, well then and this happened and this because obviously whenever things happen in the game, it affects what happens next. Okay. So I don't know all right, that Kalen Balaj runs for 75 yards. But if he did, you're tied. Okay. Yeah. And to start the third quarter. And and it just I just feel like you're always this far away. Like if he just had better instincts for the position. And that's an instinct play. Like that's a play. I'm not that's not just a play that Brady or or Rogers makes, okay? Or Breeze. Or, you know, Luck. Or I mean how how deep do we or Rothelsberger or Mahomes or Jared Goff. God. Or okay, I mean, how many we're gonna go? How many down the list? I'll tell you what, we're gonna get further than six, and that's where Tad Hill was at passer rating today. How many guys make that play? I would say eighteen to twenty quarterbacks make that play. He's just he's just not one of them. And so we've done a lot of gay spashing here. I've done a lot of gay spashing here, and not so much you. Um, But uh, again, this today was another example of a lot of things broke wrong. Yes, they had a lot of guys hurt. Yes, they're playing guys who should be on the street, <laughs> in the center of their offensive line. And but the quarter <laughs> And defense. And, the, well, the center of the defensive line. They're paying a lot for their ends, okay? Right. But, and their ends are healthy. But I'm just at the point now where it's just like, uh, you know, he, he never elevates them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, no, he, and- he, he never makes more of the circumstances right. – then there could and, it's and it doesn't take their
0: perfect. chances
2: give you a
1: good passer rating right it Doesn't
2: take their chances because in that third quarter after Kalen Balaj uh scored such that I make it a four point game the Dolphins have three possessions where the game is still a one score game uh one the, the first one was five plays four yards punt and that was uh, they get a first down in two plays and then Ryan Tannehill sack for nine yards Ryan Tannehill sack for eight yards third and 27 punt on third down and then the next one was uh, run for negative three yards, incomplete, incomplete. And then the next one was uh, run for two yards. Uh, there's a play mix in there that shouldn't be there. Incomplete sack. And mm-hmm. it's just like that's the Tannehill era. Is uh, It's what, 11 plays, um, negative nine yards, three punts and then next, and the next time you touch the ball, you're down by two scores, and then the game snowballs from there. Those are the opportunities that other teams take when you, ha- you, it, you, get, you claw it back to a one-score game. We can throw out what happened in the first half, and it was a, it was a calamity, but you're down four, and then you're down seven, and like, not even any movement, not even any movement of the ball. And again, we have talked about the offensive line. I mean, how everything has changed. Everything has changed, or Ryan Tannehill. Is there one player... That has been a through line of the entire Ryan Tannehill era. I, I don't... Not on the offensive side of the ball. That's been there all... What, no, would Stills, be Stills, st-
1: Stills would be the longest tenured yeah. at this point. But, um, but literally no. every
2: like every supporting cast player has changed.
1: Joan jo- 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 James, maybe, right? Is he the um, longest tenured?
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I think he, okay. he would have been drafted the next year, I think. Uh, right. But, okay. No, actually, he, he was drafted two years after Tannehill. Um, so... I, I, whatever, they changed out the, the whole line, they changed out the whole receiving core, they changed out the whole backfield, they changed out the coaching staff. At a certain point, you have three possessions on the road. Do something with them. Like, mm-hmm. do something so that you can bring your team back into the game because Ryan Tannehill did not bring his back into the... It, 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 like, when they were coming back, it was a pick six and a 75-yard run. Didn't even do anything on those possessions. Like, he didn't. He contributed nothing to the effort today.
3: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: Wildcat, like everything that Adam Gage had in the playbook, he threw out in that one drive at the end of the first half to try and move the team downfield. And Ryan Tannehill barely even contributed to that. Like, Tannehill contributed nothing today. And look, he's playing hurt. His ankle is probably in immense pain, but he was out there. His shoulder's not His yeah, shoulder's not, not, not fine, but if you're out there, like, I, I get to judge you if you're out there. And Ryan Tannehill, again and again, has had these opportunities, both home and away, to prove himself as a... Again, a, a, a quarterback that lifts, a quarterback that's not totally dependent on supporting cast, a quarterback that you don't need to hold his hand towards winning the Super Bowl with immensely talented rosters. Like, he's just not that guy. And like you said, I think, I think they will bring him back. I'm not sure there's a better option, though. I, I do think that the Derek Carr option is becoming increasingly mm-hmm. attractive. I think he's played well of late. But man, like they're just how many times do we have to see this game before we say, it's good, but it's not good enough? Like and that's and that's the story. I mean, frankly, the Vikings fans feel that about their quarterback after what's happened in the last few weeks. And I thought Kirk Cousins was fine today, but like a lot of teams feel that about their quarterback. And I think all of them should be opting for. I'm not going to pay him the 18 million or the 20 million or the 25 million or the 84 million guaranteed that the Vikings are. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with this. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not okay with, a, with living Groundhog Day, Ryan Tannehill, age 31, next year when the Dolphins are going to be 6-5 and five, going into an away game that they have to win in order to get a tie-breaking situation and they're going to lose because it's been the whole damn 10-year. Like, it's seven years now. We have enough sample size. We don't need to ask, is Ryan Tannehill good enough? He's not. He's not good enough question answered it's been answered already and like I don't need to see another year I don't need to see another big game like today and the Patriots game and how many road games have we seen that he had his opportunity to prove it it's been proven. It's over. It's over. And look, and and the, the thing that I'm most bothered by from a personal point of view is that I have been a, a bit of a prisoner to the last result, right? After the Colts game, I said I'm out. I, I said I was out. After the Pats game, I said he's probably coming back, and I think he probably should come back. And now today, I'm saying it's over again. I don't like being a prisoner of the moment. It's why I frankly hate this Heat team, because the the, the Heat team goes from you know losing dreadful <laughs> dreadful home games to, going, to winning four out of six on a West Coast. Road trip that I thought would break them. Like it, I don't like difficulty of figuring out. I'm like, I don't care if they win the next game and then lose the following game. I'm done. I'm out. It's over. I
1: want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. And for this one about PC Reboot, I'm going to speak to personal experience because I started going to Barrington about six months ago because I'm terrible with computers. I get extremely frustrated with them and all of my different devices. I was looking for somebody. I just happened to stumble upon his great reviews online. So I went to check him out over in Pembroke Pines. He's over in East Pines on 8970 8970- Taft Street, and I had a great experience. And so I've been going back ever since. And the reason I had a great experience is not only does he know what he's doing, he's got over 20 years of experience fixing computers. He's a Microsoft certified technician, but he also fixes all types of other products. But he's honest. He told me what the problem was, he told me what it should really cost. And then again, this week, I had another issue because my battery is not working very well on my Dell computer. So I brought it to him. Any other technician basically would have taken the money out of my pocket double charge me. And he's like, have you checked to see if this thing's under warranty? And I'm like, "Uh, no, I haven't. And so I went back, checked if the thing's under warranty. And now I'm getting a free battery sent to me. And that's because, again, he's honest. He's only going to fix what he thinks he needs to fix and nothing more. And he's going to charge you the right price for it. He does smartphone and tablet repair. He does game console repair. He does smart home and surveillance, camera installation, website design, all of that stuff. So check out his website. Here's what it is. It's i pcreboot.com. that's ipcreboot.com again 8970 taft street in pines phone number is 954-442-1002 and when you call barrington talk a little miami sports with him he's a big miami sports fan and with that, back to Ryan Tannehill. Uh, can I can I give can I can I tell you again why passer rating is fraudulent when it yes, comes to Yes, please him?
2: do. I, I I'm ha- I'm here for any and all passer rating is fraudulent related
1: content. Okay, so his passer rating today was fifty nine, which is atrocious. But it, it should be worse because if you be, look at his numbers, he was eleven of twenty four for one hundred eight. Okay, but passer rating does not account for sacks, which is something that I've never understood. So he was sacked nine times for seventy-one. You can 71 essentially yards. say that it's not his fault right? It's
2: not his fault that he's being sacked in. Theory, well, yeah, in except, theory. He does,
1: except he does except he doesn't sense pressure, but okay. But he was sacked nine times for 71 yards. So his net yardage today and in college, this is how he would be evaluated by the way. Okay. Cause in college accounts. Well, no, so, I, I
2: think in college they, they counted as rushing stats. As rushing right? stats. So That's he would right. have had so negative 70, seventy. He would have had uh so he had one carry for positive one yard. So he would have had 10 carries for negative 70 yards today.
1: So, sounds about right. Oh but God. his, his, his his net production today, if you add his rushing yard to his 108 passing yards and subtract his 71 sack yards, was 38 yards. Oh my
2: god, for an NFL <laughs> quarterback. Oh my god,
1: it's, he played. Just, he played yeah. an entire game. Yeah. And he netted. He netted 38 his, yards. His long,
2: his long completion was Amendola for 18. For 18.
1: Oh <laughs> my god. Like it's just.
2: And, and, and then. And, and, and then and and the, how, how many completions the are outsiders. receivers? Is well, the yeah, is the disappearance. Five, receiver, five the catches by outside receivers.
1: Um, Kenny Stills had one catch in three targets for seventeen. Yeah. Uh, Butler, um, who's uh, that, confuses me because he's wearing Landry's old number. Uh, <laughs> he, he had, uh, what one catch for three in three targets? He had uh, Devontae o for one. So he threw today. He threw uh, with the exception of Amendola. Uh, he, which uh, even if you want to include him, but with the exception of Amendola, he was two for seven throwing for receivers for 29 yards. If you want to include Amendola, uh, he was five of 15 for 59 yards throwing to outside receivers today. Shocking. It's
2: shocking. Five. And
1: I mean, yes,
2: well, Minnesota- it's not, it's
3: not
1: shocking though. That's, that's it. It's, sh-
2: it's shocking in the way that Simon Clancy would use shocking, which is like awful. Uh, But right. like, but like they got Trey Waynes back today. He was, he was back from concussion and you know, that's a little bit extra, but I mean, Minnesota has not been a defense all year that has shut teams down like Teams have scored in the 30s against uh, against Minnesota this year. Uh, on On paper, they're I think probably the Dolphins' best opponent this year in terms of roster talent. But mm-hmm. still, like it's, they're not that overwhelming. They're just not like if the Dolphins played them here. I don't think that's what it would. I I really don't think that's what it would have looked like. I think this is a venue thing, and we can tackle the reasons why uh, venue things happen. I'm frankly not that well versed. You, having talked to athletes for a lot longer than I have, can maybe c- come up with some better theories. All I know is. I mean the, the the passing splits this year, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the passing splits this year, uh, courtesy mm-hmm. of ESPN.com. This is this includes Brock Osweiler, so I, maybe okay. I can try and find Tannehill specifically. But so home completion percentage 685 uh, percent, away sixty two point three uh, percent. Yards per attempt at home eight point nine yards per attempt, away six point four yards per attempt touchdowns 17 touchdowns at home do seven touchdowns away interceptions are the same at five and five sacks are actually the same in terms of quarterback rating the Dolphins combined quarterback rating at home is 115 and the Dolphins combined quarterback rating away is 82 and that 82 is flattering I don't know when that 82 happened but uh (laughs) but so it's it's a huge difference do you have any
1: theories as to why you know, I've always I've always questioned this uh, when I've talked to athletes and, you know, they, they'll give you this standard cliches, you know, comfortable sleeping in your own bed. Yeah, sleeping in it, your it, own it,
2: bed is the one that gets thrown around the most.
1: Right. And then it's also, you know, which, which I, I don't buy that one at all. I, I'll give you my explanation for that in a second. But it, it's also it's also, you know, just field conditions, um, you know, and then, you know, crowd gets brought up. The reason I don't buy the sleeping in your own bed thing. Is because I actually think there are less distractions on the road. Remember, NFL players have a curfew. Um, NBA players do not, okay? So NFL, I mean, I would see guys in the NBA out, you know, two in a, I hate to say it I was out two two two, three in the morning, okay? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, straight-
2: you, I mean, you have to work the next day, but in a far different capacity.
1: Well, I do, but I had to be up for shoot around. I mean, and, you know, and then, you know, when you're coming out at at an, you know, off a Bourbon Street and you're with (laughs) Chandel Richardson and Joe Goodman during the big three era and Spo looks at you and is like, where the fuck were you guys last night? That's, you know, that's a pretty good place to start. But I mean, but in the NBA, it's just it's just part of the culture. Like you just you're out late. And you know that was the whole thing with Iverson down here was that you know I mean he had South Beach flu like he never showed up at a shootaround ever, and but that's just part of it. The whole purpose of shootarounds in the NBA, you realize, is to get make sure players are not out. Too it's like late. taking that, attendance, right? That that's it. Okay, I mean I there, there's a current Heat player who used to play for another team, who was the most drunk I've ever seen a player at a shootaround. Okay, I talked to him. He was not on the Heat at the time, and I mean he was lit okay at, at basically at, <laughs> at, at 11 in the morning okay like just totally <laughs> totally plastered you guys if you guys think about it you, you'll probably figure it out okay the audience but maybe we should make a contest of that i got texas roadhouse to get certificates to give away but yeah he was he was totally obliterated okay in, in the nfl the, there is a curfew they're all staying what did i mean waiters have to say that day anyway so let's <laughs> told me to go the fuck away anyway so (laughs) so so so, uh, okay but nfl players like it's much more regimented it is Uh, and you would think it wasn't because you've got 53 guys plus staff um but even the fish tank stories when you know they have those guys on even like mark duper okay who was notorious okay for living it up and he talks about it on the fish tank podcast him and clayton like didn't happen in road games. Okay. It didn't happen on road games. Okay. It happened more at home. Okay. He talked about a lot about the bars and the clubs that they went to back here on the road. Like that is, it. there is a strict curfew. There are meetings scheduled all night long. Okay. They don't take chances with that stuff. You never hear but do you ever hear about NFL players getting in trouble on the road ever? No? Ever. Do you, do you ever hear well, about I mean, I guess, I
2: guess there was a story of uh, Barrett Robbins before the Super Bowl. Well, right, yeah, but that was the most a, that was one, a yeah.
1: unique situation. He yeah. took off for Tijuana. He was bipolar. I mean, that, that was a unique yeah. deal. But, like, for the most part, you don't hear about that. Now, in the NBA, you don't as much, but what you do hear about a lot, okay, is so-and-so is hosting a party this night in Atlanta, <laughs> okay, yeah. right? And, and sometimes the clubs make that up. Like, they used to do that with Shaq all the time. Mm-hmm. Where like Shaq was hosting parties the whole year there, even though he was playing for the Heat around the country, there was I, this one club in Atlanta that always put that on the radio, on every every urban station would have like Shaq host. If you flip to it, like have Shaq hosting a party, and Shaq's like, I wasn't even there. Like I don't I don't <laughs> even know what they're doing. Probably, but,
2: probably could sue. I, I I have heard though, by the way, that uh, Jalen Rose has uh, has, you, has sort of passed a through, which is anytime you see an athlete tweet what's up Toronto? That really what he's saying is tell me where I need to party and tell me where, uh, tell
1: me where to meet. Oh, no. Oh, absolutely. And NBA players, like like I said, the big three heat, like, I mean, I have stories for days. Okay. I I have, I have stories for days. Okay. About, about, you know, the way that they handled themselves on the road and, but they were, but they also had a lot of family guys there who were kind of professional and, they they sort of and they didn't make it as public, I guess, as some of some of the teams that have a lot of younger players. But it's totally different in the NFL. So the whole thing about you know, I heard some people like Zach Duarte, who's in our network on the Chamber podcast. And it was just like, I mean, if you guys think I'm bad, okay, like I mean, li- <laughs> listen li- listen to Zach sometime after a Dolphins loss. Like it was just, I mean, he, he not only did he want to fire everybody, like he just wanted to burn down the Davy Building, okay, <laughs> move them to Miami Gardens early. He's just going off on them, and he's got a caller called in. as like. Oh, I'm sure you know there's always that caller it's always the guy you know it is, it is early 60s okay hates the current NFL player but watches it anyway and it's like oh, I bet you they were out partying last night in Minneapolis because <laughs> okay, <'cause> really <laughs> they're waiting to get out of Miami so that they can party in Minneapolis yes. okay yeah, like they so, got go so to go to St can, Paul
2: right so they can go through all the all the tunnels all the buildings that are that are interconnected so I never oh, have yeah. to walk oh, outside can, that's a real party get to the mall.
1: Yeah, you can get to the mall. You you get straight to a Macy's from the Marriott, actually. And and the, the Heat players used to stay across <laughs> across from the Target Center, and they would take a bus, okay, in like minus ten weather, instead of just walking through the tunnels. So like they would take this bus around the block. Anyway, okay, so yeah, th- they want to party in Minneapolis, okay. That that's that's what they want to go do. So this like, oh yeah, they were probably partying in Minneapolis. They don't care. No, they weren't. Okay, they were in bed by eleven o'clock. All right. So this this doesn't have anything to do with that. I think, honestly, it's certain teams are mentally strong in these situations and certain teams are not. And what we have seen is that this team um, in those situations has cracked. And a lot of times it's been the quarterback. So in, in, in New England, they all cracked this year. In Cincinnati, Tannehill cracked, and some of that might have had to do with the, the shoulder situation, because as we look mm-hmm. back at it now, you know, that was that was a game where it got hurt. Right. So some of it had to do with that. And today he cracked the interior of the offensive line completely cracked. Uh, we're not we haven't talked about the defense very much today. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, this is why Bobby McCain's a number two corner or a slot corner and not a lead corner. So did they miss Xavier Howard? Yes, absolutely. I didn't think Rashad, I'll be curious to see what pro football focus says. I didn't think Rashad Jones played one of his better games today. Um, they again, did not get a ton of pass rush. I know who's at Malvo had his first sack. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, Wake was in there, but other than that, they really didn't pressure uh, Cousins. Dalvin Cook had probably his best game of the year. Okay, yeah. I mean, they let they let him get off. He was they've, untouched they've, on the long runs. They've allowed runs. that
2: for a lot of running backs this year. A lot of running backs have had their best game of the year against Miami. And, right, and, and the run week, and the run defense week.
1: is their best number, by the way. The run defense of all their rankings is their best mm-hmm. number
2: because they've had they've had a few good games. But like every week, we have Jamie Eisenberg on on the pregame show, and every yeah. week is like, I like the matchup for uh, for the ex running back who's playing the. Dolphins this week I, I I'm starting him in all my in all my leagues and I think they're gonna have a good game today because uh, that run defense says when it's been bad it's been give up your best game of the year bad as it was today for Dalvin Cook this is the five reason sports network Miami sports on demand we now have 15 podcasts in the network covering every professional sports team in South Florida and much more all absolutely free find all of our shows on iTunes Google Podcasts or Podbean If you just can't get enough, become a member of our patron feed and you'll get even more exclusive content. Here's a sneak peek of what you'll hear on the upcoming episode of our newest show, The Chamber Podcast. We're now joined by Dr. Peter Marciante. There's a local sports team down here hampered by injuries right now. If a team is ravaged by injuries, how much do you put of that into the training staff and the physical therapist? Unfortunately, I put a lot on it.
1: Now what they've done is they've, they've blocked out all external doctors to have total control, and I'm not sure it's working that well but there needs to be a little bit more freedom and guys need to be also take charge in, in their own health care they can't just go to a team who's
2: trying to manage 100 players if you're interested in advertising your business on any of our podcasts reach out to us at number five reason sports on twitter to stay up to date with all
1: of our shows enter five reasons in your search bar and then hit subscribe i think what we're saying in general here is it's just not I hate saying a team is not mentally tough. Okay. Cause I, I'm not comparing us or any of right. anybody because they it play professional us. football for a they living and, and, and requires but, a
2: certain amount of toughness.
1: Right. So they're incredibly mentally tough. Okay. So I'm not arguing that, but I'm saying relatively to other teams that go on the road and get wins. They're not. Okay. And I, we have a three year sample size now under Adam Gase and there's no, we haven't even talked about him that much today. All right. But, Like it's, they're just not good on the road. They're not good on the road under him. And they've changed. Look, they changed things this year in terms of when they went out to the West coast, they changed things like they've, they've, he's tried to, you know, alter schedules. I mean, but this goes back, like even Philbin's teams, remember when Philbin decided like during the week, like they were going to take Thursdays off instead of Tuesdays off. Like that came out of nowhere. Like the whole NFL takes Tuesdays off. You want to take Thursdays off. Like, I feel like there's been, as you've said, player after player has changed. Gimmick after gimmick has been used, (laughs) okay? I mean, they ran freaking oklahoma drills okay under dad campbell like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, like 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 what is you know that? what it wasn't todd bowles that was the interim coach todd bowles is the interim for uh oh,
2: for, for tony sperano it oh, was it was dan right, campbell you're right. for
1: philbin you're, you're right you're right don't edit it out i like being wrong on that <laughs> uh, that's fine okay um jets fans will correct me so right so they ran they ran oklahoma drills under dan campbell i mean they've tried everything and we're just gonna keep coming back to this they're just not good enough yeah uh can we say can we say this year they're not good can we say they're not good well they're not they're not good Uh, like they're like you and i are sitting here arguing about the heat and well i'm sure we'll do a pot on this later this week the heat are better than them like by a point differential basis the heat are better Mm -hmm. than them the the, uh, there was a stat was it duarte who put this one out i'm gonna because again he's more negative than i am but the stat that was put out about point differential today is just like remarkable Mm -hmm. um Hold on one second. I'm I'm gonna get it because this was this in was away classic. games
2: or or, or just generally. Uh, here here
1: it is. So the Dolphins are now seven and seventeen under Adam Gase on the road, including the playoffs. Fourteen of the seventeen losses are by double digits. Jeez, they're not even in the games. Well, so, I mean,
2: I, I guess I guess today they were in the game in the third quarter, and and then it, and then it gets away from them in the fourth. Like, right, but you, it, and, it, I, you today, and I, both today, said t- when t- it t- happened today. Today they both got blown out. Mm-hmm. Then had a really competitive, you know, streak in the game, and then blown out. They got blown out twice today. It was it was, it was very bizarre where it was both a close game and a double blowout. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was just bizarre, and like I said, they had three possessions uh, after they made it a one-score game to potentially either tie or take the lead in the game, and take and took advantage of exactly none of them.
1: Well, you and I both said it when the game started to get away at the end, and I wanted to go play virtual reality again. Uh, <laughs> when, the, when, they, when the game the game started to get away, we said, "Well, this is more representative of what the game has actually been." Yeah. So so because this would if they had won this game, this would have been similar. Was it was it the Bills game or the Jets game where they were outgained like two and a half to one? It was the Bills game, game, yeah. I I would actually, I would more have compared it to last year. Actually, remember when they won
2: in Atlanta after being Mm -hmm. seventeen nothing down? I remember it because. It was uh, the day of my brother's wedding, and I was like, I, I like sort of, I, I gave up on f- even following the game because it wasn't on the local TV station. It was like Jets, Pats, or something like that, and mm-hmm. I gave up on even following the game. And I like kept getting notifications: seventeen three, seventeen ten, seventeen thirteen. Like, wait, hold on, this is close. And the Dolphins won the game. Like, hang on a second, the Dolphins won after being seven seventeen nothing down against the Super Bowl runners up last year, and it felt like this year you like you could have experienced that game in exactly the same way, which is, oh, boy, they're 21 nothing down after the first quarter, and next thing you know, it's 21-17, and they have the ball in the third quarter after forcing a Vikings three and out, and then the offense just couldn't keep going with it because Ryan Tannehill, as you mentioned earlier, did nothing today.
1: All right, so all right, so where do we go from here? Because I, our, one of our guys on our network, Michael Sonbeek, uh, who goes by Dutch, uh, he he tweeted out, the playoff possibility. And I just, I, I hate doing this because it's just such false hope. But I know. Uh, uh, <laughs> just... Well, because especially because one of the things that we didn't get to is that today was an
2: all around disaster. It wasn't just specifically a disaster within that game, is that every other team that you're looking at in the schedule and saying, well, if they lose, then that gives us a chance. They gave you no help today. The Steelers, who had been riding a three game losing streak, they beat the Patriots. Uh, the Titans, they uh, shut out, or uh, did, they, did they end up shutting out the Giants? Uh, yeah, they did. 17-0. Yes, uh, the Colts shut out the Cowboys, one of the hottest teams in football. And then uh, the Ravens won again today. They're unbeaten under Lamar Jackson, and, uh, and they beat Tampa today. So it, you got absolutely no help. Like, if, if the Dolphins had lost today, right, in exactly the same fashion, and three of those four teams had lost, I'd be like, okay... Another bad road performance. In general, this is bad, but at least we can talk ourselves into the playoff scenarios. Like today kind of erased all doubt and again prove that of this sort of middle of the conference dross that you're in, you're the worst team, and probably by some distance, even though you beat Tennessee.
1: Right. Okay, but I'm gonna throw the false hope out here anyway. So this is from I believe this is uh originally from at CPO tweet stuff. Uh, and then retweeted by our at Dutch beak. So this is, this is where we are right now. Uh, so, so here's what needs to happen because uh, the other one you didn't mention is Pittsburgh beat new England, which that was, you, top, yeah. you did mention that. I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm so fried at this point. All right. So uh, here's what needs to happen. The dolphins need to win out, which under normal circumstances, you would say is very doable mm-hmm. considering they're the two teams, teams that are five playing. and
2: nine and four and 10. Yep.
1: Right. Okay. So they need to win out. And then here's what needs to happen. Tennessee, Indianapolis, and Baltimore need to go at least one and one So Tennessee has Washington and the Colts. Indy has the Giants and Tennessee. So what you would want there, because you're assuming Indianapolis is going to beat the Giants, you would think, Mm -hmm. okay? So if if you're assuming that, you want them to beat the Giants and lose to Tennessee, you want – tennessee to lose to washington Oh god (laughs) right and beat the colts right and then you need baltimore to win one of their next two at least okay Mm -hmm. now one of them is against the chargers
2: yeah and the other is
1: the other is against the browns so it's very doable because i mean the browns are playing pretty well right now, and but like, you're right. right. Cause, cause if the,
2: if the dolphins lose next week and the Browns win, then the Browns would be above the dolphins in the standings. So let's not, right. let's not get too carried away about that one.
1: No, but, but something's yeah. got to break. Right. Sure. So, he, right. so, so, so basically that's what you need. You need a Tennessee. So, you, so, first,
2: it, so it's just saying they need a 14 tie. They need everyone yes. to be nine and seven and 14 ties favor
1: Miami. Correct. Okay. All right. Correct. Well. So, so, that, so that's what you there, need. So you have to be hard for Indy to beat the giants and Tennessee To beat Washington. The problem you have is if, trying to figure this out, if both Tennessee and, you know what, I'm not even, you know what? Ryan Tannehill's the quarterback, Adam Gase's coach. There's not, they have to go to Buffalo at the end of the season. I'm not, I'm not doing yes. this. Don't, oh, don't sorry. break
2: I, I, I was asked earlier this week, I, I, or earlier this year, I've been, uh, I've been known to make a dork chart. Uh, remember uh, the year that we mm-hmm. were on the yeah. air together, and mm-hmm. uh, there was like four teams that were tied on 48 wins uh, to make the postseason, and like tiebreakers decided who finished third and who finished sixth, and I was breaking down all these tiebreakers. I feel like that was worth my effort. And like people, are like, hey, you're gonna do that for the Dolphins? I'm like, I'll let you know when it's worth. I'll, I'll let you know when it's worth my effort. If the Dolphins had won today, and there were everyone was eight and six, and and two games decided, it might have been worth my effort. This is not ne- worth neither your nor my effort to try and figure out exactly what combination of three team tiebreakers need to happen for the Dolphins to make the playoffs. It's not worth it. Just can we can we break on. down
1: the Heat's possibilities for the sixth lottery selection or the sixth pick in, uh, or the sixth it's slot in the spot, Eastern Conference yeah. playoffs? Because it could be
2: either, right? They're like a game and a half out of both,
1: (laughs) right? Right. So you know what? We'll do that one instead. So anyway, uh, we'll talk a little bit more Dolphins. I'm sure next week. Uh, I think both you and I are going to be at the at the Jaguars game. So so we will we will get into that. But uh, you know, again, we're sorry about the watch party. Um, There's not going to be another one before the end of the year, unless I threw this out on Twitter. Unless you want us to have one. Do you want the Heat and Dolphins to get higher draft picks? Because mm. if you do, yeah. we're gonna have another watch party. No, at your I, house. No, I, <laughs> I will. Say, why,
2: why at my house? Um, <laughs> no, I know their house. Oh, I don't know, oh, oh house. At, okay. At the at the watch party of the, the one listener who, who wants, still wants to it, I to see. these Dolphins recap pods. That
1: <laughs> no, I, I suggested
2: earlier an idea. Uh, I don't know what you thought of it, but uh, February 25th, it's a Monday. The Heat are hosting Phoenix. Do we host mm-hmm. a watch party just so that we can get a win?
1: But <laughs> at that stage, is a win a loss? I don't know. <laughs>
0: I, don't,
2: I don't know. Yeah. I'm, so I'm so sure. the Heat. So the Heat's upcoming schedule. Uh, how about a January the 2nd at Cleveland? Oh, that's come, a good one. Or actually, you know what? Yeah. December 28th, home Cleveland. That, hey, me, we can do that one. Yeah. We should do that. We should have we should We're, have a a, a a a watch party for a home heat game. So just so we can get a win, because definitely it, we, one we can't do is December twenty third at Orlando. That's an L. No, I can that's tell you right L. now that is an
1: L. Yeah, the Heat have no chance to beat the Magic. There's just I mean they 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 can't do anything with Vucevic. So how did the, I don't know how this pod turned to that and Dion Waiters telling me to go away because he was wasted. I'm not sure, but that's where we ended up with this podcast. We're gonna talk to uh, Kevin Arnovitz, uh this week. Uh, a little bit of NBA we'll do with him. And also our Josh Chappelle, we're going to get him out of the wrestling space because he does a lot of college football. Uh, We're going to talk some college football. So we will talk to you then.
0: Thank you for listening to the fire in the pocket. Thank you so much.